uh, for mind health. I downloaded a series a series of lectures off Pirate Bay. They're by Tal Ben Shahir, uh, Israeli lecturer and a positive psychology guru, a happiness expert. There's about 20 videos and they go for about an hour each. And it's heavy going, but it's accessible to people. It's not, it's not like doing a course in theoretical physics or something. It's something most people could watch and, and understand um, or listen to. You could listen to it because it's, there's a few visual aids, but you'd get most of it without the visual aids. Uh, and I listened to that at least twice, probably um, something three times, and it really made a difference to my life. And I talked a bit the other day on this about being human or um, accepting your limitations as a human or the idea that people have mindsets that are either humans are limited or humans are unlimited. He says it in better words. And that certainly changed me from being someone who thought about the limitless potential of humans to thinking more about um, what are our limitations and working within that. And that certainly made me a happier person. Today I'm going to, going to talk about something else that was brought up in those positive psychology lectures that I sort of had a grasp on before watching the video, but it has solidified my ideas and helped me understand them better. And that was one of um, realistic optimism. I think I've got those words right. I'm not sure. No, no, not optimism. No, wrong. Idealism. So I've always been an idealist to a fault, but there's different types of idealists. Idealism is good in a way where you can see the potentiality of things. You can see something that is broken and you can see a fix. The difference between realistic idealism and unrealistic idealism is not only looking at the potentialities or looking at what is possible or what should be, but actually having a path to that and having access to knowledge and resources and time that allow something to become more ideal. So there's some people that see things the way they are and they'll look at someone with problems as a problem. They have problems. And maybe their idea is a leopard can't change his spots. That person will always be a problem. Or that person is unteachable. So that's not idealism. That's that's. That's just looking at reality. But op optimal idealism or realistic idealism is not where you a, uh, 
denying truth or looking at the impossible. It's that you actually have a vision or you actually have a grasp on the potentialities of the person, the situation, and know that there can be improvements giving, given the right circumstances. So in a situation where just say you have care and and I'll talk about a real life situation to do with this care for a child and that child is not in a good way is trouble obstinate can't learn anything broken if you see that child as something that you can't help that is unchangeable that cannot be improved you will not improve them you will not help to improve them they might turn around and help themselves at some stage they might have someone else help them along the right path but the improvement's probably not going to come from them and you reinforce so you don't have any vision for them it's the easy way it's the cop out it's the I'm not going to try and be helpful because it's hopeless. There's no ideal situation, which in many cases seems very, very realistic. But is it realistic or is it only realistic because no one or nothing is going to shed light on it and improve it? The situation is that, yes, it's hard, but if you knew the right steps and had available to them and were, had, were, they were available to you, then there's something to be optimistic about because it's realist. It's real. It's tangible. While an optimist that sees the kid's potential which is great, but doesn't have a strategy or a plan or has uh, a plan that is not based on any evidence or reality, as in then the optimism might be unwarranted and you might end up not seeing the change you want and become disillusioned. And move to the stage where you think this is hopeless or give up. It's all about having the right environment and the right tools and the right mindset. So on the one hand, you've got someone who's a realist, but they're not an idealist. They see the world how it is and they accept the status quo. Therefore, not being any sort of catalyst for any real change because they cannot see the path nor the end goal. And then you've got the idealist that is just based on a feeling and is just positive. It's just about positivity. It's not about... It's what they call Pollyannish or something. Not quite getting that word right. Um, where, where you see the ideal, but put, put that ideal in the hands of fate. 
So maybe a term would be more a practical idealist um, when it comes to the last one, which is someone who sees the end goal, the vision of the potentiality, is not delusional about it, is not expecting something other than what their capabilities allowed or the environment allows and they move in that direction with a strategy and a goal and his example of this was a lady named i think it was martha or something martha i can't remember the name um but tal ben Chihir said this person she was a black lady living in the bronx and she saw the education system and she saw how the young black people were being treated like there were no there was no hope for them and there was no use teaching them because or putting any resources into them because it wasn't going to make a difference they were unreachable and she took a group of these unreachable kids set up her own school and she with her methods those kids were able to be transformed into their full potential and their capabilities were seen. She used the thing which I'm a big fan of, and I probably learned this through this course, um, and that is the Socratic method, to not give answers but to ask the right questions. So through the Socratic method, you can get people to come to the right conclusions. You've just got to give them the right questions to ask themselves. And they will come to those conclusions by themselves because those conclusions are the right ones. And given the, given the right framework, as in the types of questions, they'll come to the right answer. So they might, there might be a question and they give an answer that is flawed. Well, then you ask the question that relates to that flaw and let them see for themselves where the flaw hides. And in doing so, these kids' confidence grew and also their skills grew just through sheer practice. And using their mind and by coming to conclusions and being able to think in a logical and useful way, we're able to see their own potential and live up to that. Now I'll talk about my example. I started working for Life Without Barriers. This helps young people who can't live at home for one reason or another with their parents to live in a house with other boys looked after by these employed people employed by life without barriers I was one of those people and I went in there thinking I could make a difference in these children's lives and I was Pollyanna-ish as I didn't realize the extent of their brokenness so and i didn't have the tools i thought i did but it's one of those things where it's a 
I had the Dunning-Kruger effect where I knew a little and I thought by that that I knew a lot because I was, I knew enough to think I knew everything and I didn't. And when I went in there, the mindset of the other workers was to check the boxes and to there was talk like we were, we were helping or whatever we we wanted to make a difference or whatever but it was pretty much cover your ass tick the right boxes and get through there wasn't there wasn't any real goal for improvement they were just getting these kids through to where they could live on their own there wasn't going to be any breakthroughs or any real real um help with their brokenness because we're all we all didn't have a plan to do that there wasn't a strategy there wasn't we didn't have the the tools we needed to do that um and when i went in there i went in there with this idea that i was going to be an instigator of change and all i did was upset the apple cart but i feel like because i was uh, when I was interviewed, I was interviewed by three people and one of the people that interviewed me was the head of the house, this house. And she didn't say much at the interview, but I nailed the interview and I showed I was very adept and, and understood um, the requirements. The thing is, I wanted to go in and help. I just didn't want to babysit these kids. I wanted to be useful and what happened was this lady obviously got triggered by me straight away is there some sort of competitor or someone she didn't like she didn't like the cut of my jib and she was just totally against me trying to help in any way um, and created barriers at every level for me to build on these guys confidence so i was teaching one kid how to how to um design web pages and their their excuse was they'll they'll use that what i teach them to hack into the computer system at on the on the premises and they will create damage now these kids were damaged if they could do it they could but the reality was what i was teaching them didn't give them the tools to do that it was a safe it was safe and um so i i, I could see a little in one of these kids he was a worse example of me when i was younger pretty much um and so i tried to take him under their wing but they and maybe, and in a way, I was Pollyannish in not realising the capabilities of these kid, this kid. But I wanted to give him a, I wanted to give him a level of trust. But it, it was like, this kid's a bad egg. Don't just, everything was um, negative towards the kid. Uh, as in, you don't want to help him. And he's not worth helping pretty much and i saw potential in him i saw um that 
um, if someone took him under their wing. But yeah, I was blocked on every level. I, I was blocked on the one level that had power over me. And they made sure that there was no internet and uh, just. And then he ended up making a bit of a web page, but I was sort of cut out of the loop and the boss came around and had a look at it, but it was like I wasn't allowed to be involved. It was really weird. Like I was the one that helped him do it that, to get him to that stage where he could write a bit of code. And I had to, you know, this was only because when she was away, I could help him with that sort of stuff. And then, so they were acting like he'd done something really good and encouraging him, but pretending that um, the house lady was cut me out of it so I couldn't speak to the to the um, the older the 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 superior and um, it was just it was just a really nasty environment anyway, but it was pretty much this lady was damaging any chance these kids have of help in order to protect her own position. And it's very easily, it's very easy when you go into thinking about how to change the world and stuff like that, like I have, um, to be delusional about the results and then believe your your ideas are a whole picture or they fit and they it, you, the world is so complex and you've got to understand the way the world really is you've got to look at it clearly and that's that's only somewhat possible and you don't do it through thinking you do it through understanding the information around you you don't come to these conclusions of your own accord. Um, and then, yeah, you can't, you can't think, oh, well, uh, what's, what's the word? Jordan Peterson uses a lot where you become, it's where you grab onto an idea and you think that idea is everything, sort of like what they've done with communism, that they, were, they thought they had a whole picture and they were it, they held on to those ideas, but then in practice it didn't work out. But the idea still remained. So it was, and it's it's where ideas possess you. Like when you when you think about the world, and you think about solutions, you can actually think oh, of an ideal world. But then you think. You, you 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 become utopian in your views and what you're really doing is not seeing that what might look utopian is actually dystopian because you don't know you're not looking at all the variables and you you just yeah i don't know i'll leave it at that if you could think of this word but anyway as an idealist you can think the the world is really crappy and um you know how to provide better solutions that there, there we can make the world better i think we can i think we can make the world a better place and there are solutions but there's probably not some box you could tick that's going to make 
everything good or a couple of right ideas or will steer the ship in the right direction or something because it's far too complex for that and so yeah idealism is good but um as complexity grows the chance for you to um, shape something ideal is harder so a person is really hard it's really complex the world even more so.